Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists. Welcome back to Rocky Talkie. We have a very exciting show for you today. I am joined with my ever so lovely co-hosts, John and Aaron. Hello, boys. Hello. <laughs> What's up? How are you guys today? Terrible. Thanks for asking, Nikki. Of course. You know, it's, yeah. it's my job. <laughs> Well, I'm doing a little better than terrible, but uh, we're recording on an off day today, so it's uh, everybody's a little hectic, you know? I'm literally yes. working as we speak. Get you a guy who can do both, am I right? Uh, you're definitely right in some some departments, I guess. <laughs> hey How was your week this week, John? Uh, week was pretty good. Nothing too much to write home about. I think the best part about the week is, number one, it is the best month of the year because it is now May, which means that it is my birthday month. Happy birthday month! And secondly, I bought a fan and it has improved my quality of life to the nth degree. I'm so happy for you. I feel like that is just, that's such a big purchase and such a big step to take. And I feel like... I'm just, I'm really proud. Yeah, I agree. I feel so much like an adult now because I have <laughs> a fan. It's the little things. This is how you know when you're turning 29 years old. Yeah, it's definitely the little thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so it's depressed. Okay, Aaron, how was your week? Good, but right now I'm trying to figure out how to make an OnlyFans joke. Hold on. Nope, not coming to me. Okay. Anyway, um, no, my, my week was pretty good. My week was pretty good. Uh, did a lot of work. Had a lot of other stuff going on. Fun thing, I got Meg to start watching Star Trek The Next Generation with me. Oh. Mm -hmm. Don't sound too excited. I know you're not actually that excited. What a good wife. I know. She's, she's, she's sticking it out. That first season is uh, not so good. But uh, I promise, I promise, sweetie, it pays off. Just hang in there and, you know, just keep staring at Riker until it gets good. So. <laughs> um, actually, can I hop in for one second here? I'm enjoying Star Trek so much. He acts like he's dragging me, kicking and screaming. It's ridiculous to make fun of. And Riker's not the hot one. Data is. So carry on. Data is the hot one. I don't star trek neither do i all i know is that savannah shadow casted an episode of star trek as data and it was super hot ah then i think data is the hot one yeah are there pictures of that uh, i could probably find them dope <laughs> would you like a microphone no carry oh. on okay yeah, no, that's it. That's that's all I really did. I mean, we we just dropped a uh, a brand new Rocky Talkie Don't Dream It Buy It video this morning. So you know, you want to go watch me unbox some stupid shit. I'm actually I'm I'm pulling it up right now. I'm gonna watch mid recording. I'm so pumped. Oh, good. Let's try and do. I really am things. pumped though. I think that those are so cute, and I think that you're like it's it's just very nice to watch. I really like your little jokes, your little face, so cute. Well. Put it up on the fridge. <laughs> I'm gonna, definitely. It's been a good week for me. Thanks for asking, you know. <laughs> I've, I've been keeping it real, if you were wondering. I know you guys are all the pressing questions out there. Uh, we have two back-to-back -back shows this week, which is weird because that doesn't happen because we're bi-weekly. But we're first, third, and fifth of the month if there is a fifth Friday. So we have two back-to-back -back shows this week. Uh, and I'm very excited for that. I feel like I haven't had a weekly fix of Rocky Horror yet, and I'm super pumped about it. 
we're also doing a very cool little special. We're doing a bring your vaccine card, get a free prop bag special this week. And I think it's going to be really cute. I really like the idea that we're like trying to push, you know, like more vaccinations. And I think New Jersey is like a good vaccine state. I think we're like 48% vaccinated, but I'm really excited and I'm really excited to see who shows up and what's going to happen. That's awesome. Anything to to give the community that little push, right? I mean, even yeah. if it's just have your $5 prop bag for free, why not, you know? Oh, well, let's calm down. Prop bags are not $5, but I understand. Well, I think you guys need to charge more for your prop bags then. That sounds like a good <laughs> Mickey asked the question. How much money is too much money to charge? No, that's not this week, though. <laughs> well, with that, let's get started into our first segment, Global News. Back me up, back me up, back me up. Don't tell me what to do. Shit, okay. First up in global news, we've been seeing this all over social media this past week. For the Love of Horror Con is gearing up to host a whole bunch of Rocky Horror actors at their 2021 convention, and we are here for it. For those of you who don't know, For the Love of HorrorCon is the biggest and best horror UK fan convention. They're currently gearing up for their third terrifying year with tons of celebrity guests from the horror world, including Uncle Barry, Pat Quinn, Meatloaf, Nell Campbell, and Tim Motherfucking Curry, because his middle name is Motherfucking. Hmm. True that fact. is right. Con attendees will have the opportunity to meet our faves, take pictures, get autographs, and probably even chat with them for a sec while you're getting your picture or your autograph. I mean, you've paid for the time. They can't stop you from trying to chat. The convention is still in the process of announcing its different panels and events, but I'd imagine that with so many Rocky Horror cast members around, they'll probably do some kind of panel, right? Who knows? But we'll definitely keep everybody updated as they roll out these announcements. This one this one sounds like it's going to be a really great time. Uh, if any of our listeners attend, we would love to hear about it. Tell us about the awesome time you had visiting with the actors so we can share your story on our show. For the Love of HorrorCon will be taking place on October 16th and 17th in Manchester. If any of our UK listeners are interested in learning more or purchasing tickets, you can check out their website at fortheloveofhorroruk.com. And we've also got it linked in our show notes. And if that wasn't enough good news for our listeners across the pond, the 2021 UK Stage Show Tour has added another stop to its route. From Monday, July 26th, through Saturday, July 31st, the performance will be held at the Marlowe Theater in Canterbury. Damn, they've got a lot of stops scheduled for that tour that we weren't even sure was going to happen. Like, how many is that now? 69. Nice. I didn't know that. If you want real facts, they're up to 33 stops already. (laughs) The tour is slated to kick off in mid-July, and they've got dates booked through June of 2022. It is really impressive that they were able to figure it out so fast, considering Britain was still in lockdown just a few months ago. Good for you, UK Tour. And as always, if any of our fans plan to check out any of these shows, please let us know. We love getting to hear all about your adventures. And with that, let's move on to community news. Tell me what to do. I just really want to move on. I think we're ready. I think it's time. Bringing it back a little closer to home, we have some staycation con news. 
This past week, the 2021 con runners announced that they're now going to be taking video pre-show submissions. So if you or your cast is interested in putting together a pre-show for the con, now's the time to get started. All video submissions must be no longer than seven minutes in length, and all videos must be sent in no later than July 1st. So you got two months, people. Make it count. As if that wasn't exciting enough, they've also opened up submissions for panel forms, where those of us who are planning to attend, hopefully that's all of us, can weigh in on the sorts of panels we're interested in checking out. On the form, you can choose your ideal panel length, as well as select which topics you are interested in, from a variety of topics the con runners already have in mind. There's even space to fill in if you've got a great idea that's not on the list. So on this form, you can also share whether you'd be interested in being a panelist or a moderator and what sort of experience that you've got with that. So even if you aren't interested in speaking, we really recommend everyone who's planning to attend fill out the form. It'll really help give Tesseract a good idea of what we're all looking for out of this con, and it'll make it more fun for us in the long run. You guys have both been to cons, right? What are your favorite panels to attend? Have you ever been on as a speaker? So I've never been on a panel as a speaker, but Savannah has. Savannah was part of a makeup and costuming panel at the most recent RKO. She was there for, obviously, their incredible makeup skills. So it was absolutely fantastic. It was super fun, super engaging, super entertaining. Obviously, because I have Savannah, I don't have to do my own makeup, so I didn't have to learn any of that shit. But it was really cool and really interesting to see. I am personally excited for the Rocky Leadership one. I think that that is something that a lot of folks need. And as somebody who works in leadership development professionally, I would love to see what individuals who are part of Rocky Leadership kind of bring to the table. Very cool. Yeah, no, I I haven't been on any panels uh, at a RockyCon uh, in the past. I've certainly watched quite a few of them, although in the last couple of years, my favorite panel is the one that starts after about 1 p.m., because that's the only one that I'm going to get up for. Because let's be real, this idea of having panels at 10 a.m., ain't nobody got time for that. I'm still hungover from the night before. But that's why I'm super excited for literally this convention, where the only excuse for being hungover is that I got drunk in my house by myself, which, like, no shame. But also, like, I think I'll make it to all of these panels this year. And that I am super excited for particularly the panels that are shaping up to, to look to be talking about virtual shows. Also, there's a really interesting one on here, Rocky Horror Fan Theories. I am all about that one. Give me some good, like, conspiracy content. Nikki, what do you think? I'm absolutely here for the Shadowcasting Other Movies panel, simply because I'm just hoping that, you know, someone hears it, and there's just an echo in the distance of someone just whispering, do Reefer Madness and cast Nikki as Sally. I don't know who says it, but someone's going to say it, and then they'll do it, and then I'll play Sally in Reefer Madness. It'll be great. It'll be beautiful. I will attend that one on one condition and one condition only, and that's if somebody talks about shadow casting Austin Powers and Goldmember. It's just a three-hour discussion of the intricacies of casting the room. <laughs> Honestly, I'm here for that. <laughs> so is everyone else. Hi, Mark. So if you're interested in checking out these new forms, which we highly recommend, we've linked them for you in our show notes. Aaron. Mm-hmm. Nikki. Yeah. You know what I love? What? No. Big dicks. 
John, we all love big dicks. Well, I just wanted to share with you how big and rock hard my dick is on account of how many big dick story time write-ins that we've received this week. Noted. We actually did get a lot, and we're so excited because we love getting to tell the whole community how big your dick is compared to everyone else's dicks. All right, so who's got the biggest dick this week? Well, our first listener with an enormous schlong is... From Tori, Tesseract FBC RKO, they write, Yo, hi Rocky Talkie fam. At Tesseract, we're in the process of moving all of our Rocky props, which has led us to finding some Tesseract treasure. While I was moving around our 20 plus bins of shit bags, I noticed a box for a slide projector in a box of rope. I'm kind of a sucker for anything analog, so the Kodak label really caught my eye. The slide carousel still had our old casting slides in it, which was wild to look through, but what I found underneath was even better. There, just chillin' in the basement of the dragon, stored in the original cardboard box, was a 35mm reel of Rocky Horror. I was screaming. I've been part of Tesseract for 10 years now and have been in that basement so much. I still can't believe it had just been sitting there for who knows how long. I reached out to our main man, Glenn, and this is all he had to say about the story behind the reel when I asked if we had the rest of the film. No, we don't have the rest. It was an extra reel that arrived once and the theater gave it to us. The reel starts right after Eddie dies with Magenta in front of the bloody freezer. We posted pictures on our social media. We'll definitely hold on to the original box. It was addressed to a Karen, no joke, but we're going to get a proper container for it. The reel itself is in incredible condition, thankfully. So thanks a lot to that Karen who just handed off this incredible piece of media to us. You're the real MVP. Oh man, that is an absolutely fantastic find. Like, damn. I mean, with so many theaters going digital these days, right? Like, it's rare to find an actual 35mm copy of Rocky at your theater, let alone... What just so happens to be an extra reel of Rocky at your theater that, I mean, for all intents and purposes, is now the cast, right? I mean, there's a lot of reasons, right, that you might end up with a single extra reel. Often when prints get broken or damaged, the theater would send out a single reel to replace if, like, it was so destroyed that you couldn't just do a splice. And a lot of the kind of artifacts that end up from that just end up hanging around or who knows it may have even came from a set that uh, moved on without its one key piece and somewhere out there is a really short version of rocky that's missing a, a big chunk of the plot i think it's a really dope find i haven't really seen a lot of cool rocky memorabilia in my day i've obviously seen a lot of buyable stuff but never something so authentic like an actual reel of the movie so I remember seeing them post this on social media and I was like, oh my God, like that is so insane. And just to find it, you know, like just going through shit and just happening upon it, I can't even imagine. There was this one time, actually it was when I went to London for Megan Aaron's wedding. Savannah and I were out thrifting. We actually went to Oxford for one of the days that we were there. And there was this little thrift shop like right on the edge of Oxford where we found this like absolutely gorgeous kimono like Brad Major's kimono from the bedroom scenes and whatnot. Obviously, the stitching on the back is not accurate. It's not whatever the fuck is on the back there. But I don't really give a fuck because we found it. It fit us both perfectly. It had the same flared sleeves. 
the same exact color, like spitting a bit aside from the stitching on the back of it. And it was like eight pounds. Damn. And we were like, don't give a fuck about the back. If we really, really, really feel some type of way, we'll have somebody edit it a little bit later on down the line. But it was an eight pound kimono that was like super silky and it fits us perfectly. And it was the same color. We were like, we're getting it. Absolutely. Hands down. And I'm sure everyone who is listening here has heard of the Dr. Scott glasses that you can buy on Wish because you can't fucking buy them anywhere else without spending an arm and a leg. But they are currently on Wish for like $2. So both of those were really proud finds. And honestly, when I talk about the Brad robe that we found in Oxford, yeah, the back is inaccurate. But the memory of being able to find that while we were abroad completely supersedes any accuracy for me man that was a good trip for kimonos because i don't know if you know this but meg and i actually found in one of the thrift stores in london and picked up a frank kimono the black one that he wears right before floor show not quite perfect but i mean it's got the dragon and it looks mm, it's very nice so i guess uh, i guess that was the commemorative collectible from that trip Y'all heard it here, folks. If you need any kimono for any reason, all you gotta do is fly to London. Just a quick trip. And then it's only eight pounds, so, like, you know, it pays for itself. Yeah. (laughs) That's like 0.0014 of a Frank jacket. Did you just do that math? No. No, I didn't. She's been working on it since we started talking. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) (laughs) Tori, I gotta let you know, those 35 millimeter prints, they do not come cheap. There's an impartial print, like literally missing reels, that's sitting up on eBay right now that they're asking like a thousand bucks for. I've seen these go recently for, you know, anywhere between a couple hundred bucks all the way up to a couple thousand, depending on the condition that they're in. There's a lot of collectors out there that, that love getting their hands on this kind of stuff. It's really difficult to preserve. I mean, you'll definitely want to look into the kinds of conditions that it needs to be stored in. I imagine that, you know, sitting in a basement in a box for a few years hasn't been a great place given moisture and all that other stuff, but it, it, it isn't the worst. Um, so, yeah, you know, take a look at it, see what it, it might be worth. And uh, that'd be, that's an awesome piece. It's such an awesome piece. I, I can just imagine, you know, holding that thing up and pulling out, you know, a couple of strands, looking at each frame, frame by frame. Physical media is fun, right? (laughs) So fun. Well, congratulations to you, Tori, and to everyone at Tesseract. You have a humongous stick and a box full of awesome. So the next write-in isn't quite so much a big dick as a long, crunchy baguette. I think we all know where this is going. Oh, God. Unfortunately... Yep, that's right. We got a write-in from our good friend Hadrian the Baguette from the EMS Toronto cast, the New York City Rocky Horror Picture Show, and the time slips out of Paris. That's in France. Is it? So, Hadrian writes to us two things for us today. Number one. On August episode... No. Um, on one of your last episodes, you talked about venues. It made me remember that with one of my old French casts, the Deadly Stings, we went to perform in an old church that became a communal theater in the outskirts of Nort in West France. It was an amazing stage, way too big, and to play in front of Catholic memorabilia and Big Jesus and Mary statues was very fun. Moreover, the 300 seats were packed with people going from 5 years old to 93. It was so fun. 
I also remember one of my first shows with New York City, where we performed for Samsung. That was a hell of a show, with cameras filming us and being streamed above the screen for people in the balcony. Yeah, Hadrian, that that was a baller-ass show. Two, I also just wanted to tell you guys about my most memorable show. It was on the 14th of November, 2015, the day after the big terrorist attacks in Paris. We decided, five of us, to perform the show, even though all shows, concerts, and performances were forbidden to perform that day because some of the terrorists weren't caught yet. It was our way to commemorate the 130 people who died the day before and the Bataclan shooting. To not stop in the fear and continue laughing. Moreover, we knew that Rocky was something repulsive for ISIS, so it gave more power to our show that night. I had to play Brad and Janet at the same time, (laughs) usually with a wig on my hand. It was amazing and beautiful. I've never been more scared and also felt so alive. Every time I had a moment off stage, I was running up to see if everything was okay on the street. In the end, everyone in the audience, there's about 20 people or so, and my castmates did a minute of silence, then hugged each other. I will never forget that day. Paris à une fête. Love you all. You are amazing. Aw. Well, we love you too, Hadrian. That is one awesome story followed by one big-ass downer. But I'm real glad that you guys made the best of it and, like, came together. That's a great story, man. That is an absolutely crazy experience. Yeah, I I feel like Hadrian probably has the biggest dick in the Rocky community. It's really hard to top that, you know? (laughs) I dare anybody to top that. Right? I mean, what what bigger dick move is there than saying, you know what? Fuck you, Isis. I'm going to go ahead and fuck myself on stage. <laughs> that is exactly what Hadrian would have said, too. And honestly, Aaron, I don't believe that you weren't there because that's probably exactly what that man said. You know, I think that Hadrian and I just just are so, so tuned in, right? I, it, even though he's currently not with us, he has gone to the Great White North. I still feel his presence. Hadrian, thank you so much for writing in all the way from France or Canada or French Canada, wherever the fuck you are. You certainly have one of the Frenchiest, crunchiest baguettes that I have ever seen. Guys, hold on. Who else has a Magnum Dong this week? (sighs) It's Rowan. As much as it pains me to say it, Rowan... Tell us of your Magnum Dong. So the write-in says, Not a question, but have y'all seen this? Best thing ever. And then they linked to a YouTube video. Okay, so we're going to pause and we're going to watch this video that Rowan has sent us. It's about two minutes long. We have no idea what this is yet, but Meg does. And she's going to play a little bit here so all of you can experience this the same time as we do. Science fiction. God damn it, Rowan. Janet, 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 Janet. 
Brad, Brad, Brad. Why? Janet and Brad. Janet. Janet. Brad Majors. Janet Weiss. Brad. Janet. Janet. Brad. Janet. Brad Majors. Why does this exist? God damn it. I have no idea. This is... Alright, I laughed at that one. <laughs> this is someone just said Frank underneath their breath. Right? It was Frank. Literally 90% of this is Brad and Janet. 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 Dr. Everett Scott. Brad. Dr. Everett Scott. This reminds me of the video of Titanic, but it's only Jack and Rose. Oh, yeah. Which honestly kind of gives this a run for its money. Brad! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brad! Rocky! Janet! Dr. Scott! Janet! Janet! Brad! Rocky! Dr. Scott! Janet! Brad, Rocky, Janet, Dr. Scott, Janet, Brad, Rocky. Janet, Janet, why is Frank Ready. Rocky, Rocky. Rocky's ending. Magenta, Riff Raff. Brad, Janet, Dr. Everett Scott, Frank. Magenta, Dr. Scott. Ready. Dr. Scott. Frank and Furter. Dr. Scott. Eddie? Frankie. <laughs> Even smiling makes my face ache. Oh shit, Brad and Janet have the same number. That's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Brad and Janet are both said 54 times. All right. <sighs> Fuck you, Rowan. Well. God damn it, a waste of my time. Well, <laughs> I don't think there's any way for us to top that one. Congratulations to Tori, Hadrian, and Rowan. Your jumbo cocks are truly a sight to behold, and we are so glad that we got to let everyone know about it. And with that, let's move on to the most delicious, nutritious, wonderful segment of all. It's snack time! Continuing our host of write-ins, we've got some excellent write-in knacks to snack on. Snack snacks. Delish. Oh my god, I love it. Okay. So here goes. Our first write-in is from JCCP. Like like all of JCCP? Every single person? Like when their powers combine? Kind of that kind of thing? Yeah, I like to think that they each picked one word and it's kind of amazing that it turned out to be so coherent. But here ends go. Hello, Rocky Talkie. Thank you so much for your kind words and tasteful dick sucking of our shows. We truly appreciate the delicious way yins use your mouths. Ooh, y'all ain't seen nothing yet. This mouth, Energizer Bunny. It just keeps going and going. Ew, what? No, it's furry. It has a battery shoved up its ass. Get your mind out of the gutter. Yeah, pervert. What? Anyway, JCCP continues. We wanted to reach out with a question that may bring about some interesting conversations. Are there any Rocky Horror days or days dedicated to Rocky Horror? There used to be a Rocky Horror day in LA and maybe New York. Well, the JCCP has a day in Dormont where they do shows. Thought it might be a cool tidbit to share. Love yins and thank you so much for talking about Rocky, the JCCP. 
See, this is what I'm talking about. Big dick story and a question all at once. Thank you, JCCP. Yin's rock. Yeah, JCCP also sent over a pretty sweet photo of the proclamation from the city of Dormont. It's signed by Mayor Jason P. Walsh and acknowledges the contributions of JCCP to the community. It highlights the Pittsburgh Pride Parade and their appearance in the film Perks of Being a Wallflower, along with the amazing YinsCon that was hosted in July of 2018. I went to that. Absolutely loved it. I especially liked that it had a breakdown of the history of JCCP and Rocky in the Pittsburgh area, starting in 1978 at the King's Court in Oakland. That is a perfect name for a Rocky theater. Of course. Rocky later moved to the Hollywood Theater, then back to King's Court, then the Squirrel Hill Theater, and to various venues around the city. The Hollywood Theater has been the cast's on-again, off-again home since the early 90s, when the JCCP took up the mantle of the original cast with no name and continue the Pittsburgh institution to this day. I especially like this last bit, where the mayor writes that Rocky and JCCP have stood the test of time and become not just a tradition in Dormont, but a rite of passage. And thus was proclaimed, the 5th of May 2018 is Junior Chamber of Commerce Players Day. Pretty fucking dope, guys. That is so cool. That is some big dick story time. Listen, not every city is cool enough to have an entire day devoted to Rocky Horror. Honestly, if I was to run for office, it's probably the primary platform that I'd run on. A Rocky Horror Day for every city, in every state, in every country. Are you running for Emperor of Earth? <laughs> Who has this power? Well, apparently, as JCCP alluded to, uh, California has this power. See, I'm not aware of New York ever having a dedicated Rocky Horror Day. At least not one that was, like, formally recognized by the city. But on the West Coast, somebody's got those sweet, sweet government connections. There's actually three different days where Rocky or Rocky cast was recognized by a California city. The first time in 1990. October 18th, 1990, if you want to be exact. This was right before the 15th anniversary convention hosted in LA at the end of October. In the run-up to the massive event, Tom Bradley, the then mayor of LA, proclaimed October 18th, 1990, the Rocky Horror Picture Show Day. Richard O'Brien made an appearance to receive the proclamation from the mayor, complete with the embossed seal of the city of Los Angeles. The event was commemorated at the Los Angeles City Hall with the cast of the New Art Theater attending in costume. There's a couple of photos, including part of the proclamation from the city printed in Creatures of the Night 2. Later that week was the massive 15th anniversary convention. It was held on stage 14 at 20th Century Fox Studios in LA and was hosted by US fan club president Sal Piero and attended by over 3,000 fans. That convention, the 15th, was also notable for reuniting many of the film's stars. Richard O'Brien, Patricia Quinn, Little Nell, Barry Boswick, and Meatloaf were all present and performed songs, they told stories, they shared trivia, and answered questions from fans. Though the show was completely stolen by Tim Curry, who made his first appearance at a Rocky event since the second ever RockyCon in the late 70s in Long Island. He'd skipped the 10th anniversary celebration in New York five years earlier due to obligations on stage in London. It's actually this appearance where we get one of the classic Tim Curry quotes. This was right after Richard O'Brien introduced Tim, and he comes to the stage to thunderous applause with Barry Boswick just casually chatting up Tim as he gets on stage. Tim takes the mic and, well... There's actually video from the event on YouTube. So here, Meg, roll that beautiful bean footage. 
so comforting to know there are so many people in this world sicker than I am. I think I'm the only person here tonight who doesn't look like me. God. Oh, my God. You can seriously feel the energy coming out of that room. That convention sounds absolutely batshit crazy. Oh, I am told it was so huge. I mean, you had tons of new merch for the anniversary being released. Like, there was the new box set. I mean, it was now in both CD and cassette. Wow. I mean, you joke, but it was one of the first wide-scale releases of a lot of rare audio. We're talking stuff like the solo tracks from Tim and Nell, and even Barry Boswick's rendition of Once in a While that had been cut from the film. There wasn't anywhere for most people to pick some of this stuff up, so it was kind of a big deal. The 15th was huge. You also saw the release of Creatures of the Night, Sal's book that I'm sure all of our listeners are now intimately familiar with. Thanks, Aaron. The Rocky Horror comic book adaptation, which I didn't even know existed until literally right now. And just two weeks after the big convention, Rocky finally was released on VHS in the U.S. at the sweet, sweet price of $89.95, or approximately one-thirtieth of a Frank jacket. Um, adjusted for inflation, that's over $180 for a VHS copy. That's a lot of Netflix subscriptions, you know? So, anyway, that was Rocky Horror Day 1990. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. But but California was not done yet. Five years later, on January 21st, 1995, the city of Long Beach, California, celebrated Midnight Insanity Day to commemorate the seventh anniversary of the Midnight Insanity cast. Midnight Insanity originated at the Balboa in Newport, California from 1988 until 1992, which is when I was born, when they moved to the art theater in Long Beach. They hosted the Age of Consent convention in 93. <laughs> Get it? Because Rocky Horror was 18. <laughs> I was told there would be no math. And as part of the event, they raised money for the AIDS Project Los Angeles. Midnight Insanity was celebrated in January 95 by the city of Long Beach and Mayor Beverly O'Neill. Her proclamation appears in Creatures of the Night 2, the end of it which reads... Whereas Midnight Insanity promotes a safe alternative to gangs and provides a place for young and old alike to congregate and release their inhibitions in a drug and alcohol-free environment. Now, therefore, I, Beverly O'Neill, mayor of the city of Long Beach, do hereby commend Midnight Insanity on their seventh anniversary and wish them continued success in all of their future endeavors. Lame. Seriously. I know, right? I want to be part of a gang. No, I meant the... What? The... Never mind. So, Midnight Insanity still exists, in one form or another, based out of the art theater in Long Beach. They've been on hiatus since last March, along with... Well, you, you guys know at this point. So, there's one more. This one also based out of, you guessed it, California. Seriously? California, what is up with all these Rocky Horror Days? Is everyone in government secretly a bunch of Rocky Horror nerds out in California? Like, what's the deal? This one's a little more straightforward. To mark the 40th anniversary of the U.S. release of Rocky, on October 30th, 2015, Los Angeles celebrated yet another Rocky Horror Day. Yeah, this one's pretty cool. The day started at Los Angeles City Hall, where a proclamation was made. 
Tim Curry, in one of his few appearances shortly following his stroke, was the guest of honor, along with Lou Adler, in what looked like probably the cheapest suit he owned, and Sal Piro, who spoke as only Sal can. There were also costume members of Sins of the Flesh, the L.A. cast based out of the New Earth Theater, I'm sure loving every minute of a TV appearance in the mid-afternoon sun in full costumes. Special parchments were presented by L.A. Council member Paul Kortz, commemorating 40 years of the historic release to Adler, Curry, and Sins cast leader Jason Satterfield. Later that afternoon at the U.A. Westwood Theater, the site of Rocky Horror's film premiere, a historic marker was dedicated the building is now a dedicated local landmark, though it had been renamed to the Festival Theater and now sits vacant, planned to be reopened as a bouldering gym in 2021. Sal gave a little history while both Lou Adler and Tim Curry thanked the fans for their year of devotion, Tim taking special effort to shake hands with and greet fans at the event. Following the dedication, Sins of the Flesh performed at a nearby screening of Rocky, attended by Lou Adler and Sal. And the next night, Tim Curry served as the honorary mayor of West Hollywood at the annual West Hollywood Halloween Carnival, where an estimated 500,000 people came to celebrate Halloween. A special stage was set up where Curry appeared as a special guest to a performance by an array of costumed Dr. Frankenfurters, plus other special performers provided by Sins of the Flesh. So, there you go. Those are a couple of Rocky Horror Days that, I mean, I'm aware of. There's obviously a ton of other special events, anniversaries, dedications, and so on that go on nearly every year, but these are the couple I know where a city officially designated a Rocky Horror Day. California, man. And Pennsylvania. Big thanks to every single member of JCCP for writing in. We appreciate that everyone on your cast took the time to personally pen us such a delightful knack snack. <laughs> but we're not done yet. We've got one more final write-in, and this one is a little closer to home. More like a lot closer to home. John, you want to read this tasty morsel? Name. Lovely party. Who was the first shadow cast in New Jersey? Okay, and then? No. No and then. Okay, short and sweet. So, who was the first shadow cast in New Jersey? Well... Fuck. Uh, Seriously, is this like, is this like a trick question? Are we, are we supposed to know the answer to this? It's wherever the movie showed in 77 or 78, right? Like, I suppose there's no guarantee that there were any shadow casts there. I mean, could be 79, but like where? That one seems kind of tough. What you're talking about, guys. We've just got to do some research, hunker down, make some calls, hit the books, pump some informants, investigate leads, burn the midnight oil, you know, grab those bootstraps. Listen, unfortunately, Nikki, outside of New York and parts of the California scene, a lot of the Rocky community isn't well documented. I'm sure there's dozens of folks out there that could answer this. But none of them have written it down, so... Oh, I can just ask some people. No problem. Yeah, you've got sources from Jersey Rocky in the late 70s. Was your mom even alive in the 70s? First of all, fuck you. Second of all, no. Third of all... <laughs> of course I do. You didn't think I was just on this podcast because of my smoking hot everything, did you? No, that's why I'm on the podcast. Hold on, I'm hot too, damn it. You are, sweetie. No, no. I've got a couple things I can toss out here, okay? 
So there's an article in one of the earliest issues of the Transylvanian before they were national issues. And this is from April of 1978. In it, Larry Forer, who would eventually become vice president of the fan club, writes of his visit to Kane College in Union, New Jersey on December 14th of 1977. He said audience participation was in abundance from the handful of Waverly regulars that made the trek out to New Jersey, but the audience was primarily virgins. Though Larry recalled one student who saw the movie at the 3 o'clock showing, and by the 8 o'clock showing that evening, he was back again in full makeup and a makeshift Frank costume. Tattoo and all. Then, in the June 1978 issue of The Transylvanian, Larry Forer tells another story of the Waverly Gang from New York taking a trip down to Philadelphia, where there is an active floor show. That's not in New Jersey. <sighs> Whatever. I'm hot too. I don't need facts. But here are some other facts. In Creatures of the Night, Sal describes what happened after New York City's Waverly Theater stopped showing Rocky in early 78. Maybe it was the gangs attacking the audience members or just the bus ride out to Queens, but many of the regulars went their own way instead of joining Sal and company out in Queens. This included Sal's sister and legendary community member in her own right, Lilius Pirro. She and several of her friends had formed a cast that performed in a few theaters in New Jersey for the first six months of 78. They would rejoin the other regulars when the 8th Street Playhouse opened their doors in July of that year. But also, you'd have to remember anything in 1977 or 78 wasn't really a shadow cast in the way that I think our write-in was asking about. If you recall back to episode 22, where we talk about the beginnings of floor show casts, that would have been what you were seeing at that point. Performances before the show, but no full actual shadow casting at this point. Just a lot of audience participation. You started to get actual shadow casting in 79, but it was still sporadic. Only some of the numbers and only parts of the songs. Hardly the full-blown organized theater performance that Rocky would be known for up through today. All right. Well, then, what do you got for us? Blow our minds, Nikki. Okay. So you guys know I'm on FNS, and while we've been around for, like, 22 years at this point, that doesn't get us anywhere near back far enough. But it does mean I've got the hookup. And when I say the hookup, I mean the old-school Jersey hookup. I reached out to my bestie Andrea's dad, his name is Star Mike, and I asked him about our quandary, and he said that it was probably the group based out of Linden, New Jersey. Here's exactly what he said. Oh man, back then there were a lot of scattered groups. The one in Linden might have been well known, but I didn't go there until 82. I was 14. I can tell you this, the one in Linden had the most organization from what I remember. If you went to other theaters, it was just random people. And that's Star Mike on Twitter. Okay, that's super cool. So, probably Linden around 1982 or so? Nope, even earlier. I've got another source that I called up. This one is a fellow cast member and a close friend named Ollie. I reached out to him because I knew that his mom was on a cast back in the day in early Jersey. She confirmed what Star Mike told me. Her earliest recollection of real organization was when she was on the Linden cast in 1979. Oh, damn, that's awesome. First-hand account, and we've got confirmation from a second source. I, I love it. They both said the same thing. Ship it. Damn. Maybe we should let you do all the research for Nikki asks a question. Nah, I can't do all the work. I'll stick to the difficult parts, coming up with the questions, and being ultra-hot. I mean, Nikki seems to solve this one, but anybody out there have some more info? We would love to hear it. And big props to the lovely party for sending that one in. 
And that's our show. We want to thank all of our listeners who wrote in. Tori, Hadrian, Rowan, Lovely Party, and the entire cast of JCCP. We love getting to answer your questions and hear all of your wonderful stories. And we can't thank you enough for sharing. Please keep them coming. If you've got a question you'd like us to answer on air for Nikki Asks a Question, or maybe some community news you'd like us to talk about, or even a cool story to showcase your magnum dong to the entire community, we want to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and you know it, fill out our contact form and share it with us. We all really love getting to hear about the cool shit that you guys have been working on. We're totally obsessed with all the Rocky Horror projects that have been floating around out there, and we really enjoy getting to share your work with the whole community. Plus, if your cast is working on something fun, a virtual show, or maybe even a real-life show, send that in too, and we'll help spread the word. If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, which really helps us grow our show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. No. Peace. I won't. See ya. Yes, you will. Oh. You will. Yeah. can weigh in on the sorts of panels we're interested in checking out on the forum you can choose uh, your ideal panel length as well as select which topics you're interested in from a variety of (laughs) (laughs) Um, did i do I mean, you read it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I think Nikki smashed your hand on the keyboard at some point. I might have. (laughs) (laughs) I was an amazing stage. Way too big. Wait. It was an amazing (laughs) stage. Way too big. (laughs) I, I too, was an amazing stage. God damn it, Adrian. Ugh. Are you French, uh, Hadrian? Are you French, Aaron? What? No. God, no. Hold on, guys. This auto-played to another video where this guy's singing about Buffalo Wild Wings. Hold on. Of course. Yeah, we'll be here. Yeah. Yeah, we'll wait. Yeah, well, it's a two-hour and 42-minute video, so. All right. Take your time. It's snack time. It's snack time. (laughs) I get the impression you want, like... A new theme song for Nick. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I you think should Nack record it, honestly. I might. I'm thinking you about might. it. Give All me right. a few business weeks to think about it. That sounds uh, but, like the right time scale, yeah. Mm-hmm. But all right. All right. Settle down. What does that mean? Why do people say yins? Is it just you? It, it's, it's JCCD. It, it's okay. all of, like, yins is like a, it's a Pittsburgh thing of saying, like, all of you. Okay. October 18th, 1990. If you want to be exact. That's my mom's birthday. Of course it, what? Not 1990. (laughs) 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 What? Abandoned ship. Abandoned ship, guy. What is Richard O'Brien wearing? What is Richard O'Brien wearing literally ever? I guess, but like, I don't know. He looks like fucking General McDoon. His name's not, he's not a general. He didn't earn that title. I'm sorry. So in it, Larry Forer, god damn, I can't pronounce his name, 
Forer? Forer? For, for, I don't know, man. Wieners. Wieners.